1: Powered by Righteous Media. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 10 of the Firefighters Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Serra. Joining me this week, my brother Andy's back to discuss a couple of fatal fires that have some anniversaries coming up. One of them has a uh, very close personal connection to us uh, and our family, so I wanted to have him on to discuss that. Frankie has the week off, but we're lucky enough to have her sister Linda filling in for us this week to bring us another recipe from Nanny. Uh, And cold has swept through the Northeast here. It's, uh, It's winter. Uh, Some snow, little light flurries. For those of you out there with arthritis, like myself, uh, and neuropathy and and other such things, uh, buckle up. They're saying it's going to be a cold winter. I hope they're wrong. But uh, if you're like me, you've been feeling it the last week or so. So uh, be well to everybody out there. I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. I know I did. I spent the uh, day with my family out in Staten Island. Uh, My sister-in-law made a delicious meal. My father came up from Florida, so it was a nice time. Um, I hope everyone out there enjoyed their time with their families as well. This week's Roll Call is dedicated to Fireman Phil Diadamo of FDNY, who made the ultimate sacrifice on December 2nd, 1984. Phil was a family friend. He was 34 years old, and he left behind a wife and three children. Uh, we'll discuss him uh, a little bit further in this episode, but uh, I just wanted to acknowledge his sacrifice, uh, and say thank you, and may you continue to rest in peace. So here he is to discuss Phil's passing and to bring us some happy news from the Soho Trucking Company, Andy Serra. We're proud to have a new sponsor for the show, Rocky Boots. Since 1932, Rocky Boots has had a proud legacy building boots for the men and women who serve and protect our country. And in January, Rocky is introducing their fire boots. As with all Rocky Boots, these are high quality, comfortable, and built to last. Plus, these boots are NFPA certified. Located in an American small town, Rocky has volunteer firefighters in their company, and their focus is on footwear that's innovative and durable. Rocky is currently looking for firefighters to wear test their boots. If you're interested, reach out through any of Rocky Boots' social media channels, Facebook and Twitter, at Rocky Gear. And be sure to check out the great deals at RockyBoots.com. Rocky Boots, rugged innovation since 1932. Joining me this week will be uh, uh, our first repeat guest, my brother Andy, because we have a couple of topics uh, to discuss, um, some anniversaries coming up, and... uh, A bit of happy news for a change. Um, So, Andy, welcome back. How's it going, Rob? Good. Uh, I apologize in advance for any noises you may hear in the background. I believe they're digging up Jimmy Hoffa uh, outside my studio here. So, Good. uh, One thing we can check
0: off the list is solve (laughs)
1: that. Yeah. Um, So, uh, let's start out. uh, There's an anniversary coming up. For a line of duty death, uh, I I always said it was my first line of duty funeral, um, on December 2nd, 1984, uh, our family friend, Phil Diadamo, uh, died in the line of duty. Um, and I know you know a lot more about that story than I do. So, uh, walk everybody through that.
0: Uh, you know, I was young, obviously myself, right? I think 11 years old, I guess. Um, but I do remember it specifically, you know, uh, just a, a little bit of backstory. We, uh, we knew Phil for years. He was literally coach for, I think Joey and Anthony were the same age, right? His son. And, uh, you know, Phil was always around. They were always at a house, you know, uh, our mom and Phil's wife, Grace were very close friends. So they were just always a part of the family. And, uh, uh I remember, I, was, I went to church that morning. I, we were in Catholic school. So I went to church by myself on a Sunday morning. And uh, I remember the priest uh, in the middle of the mass saying, uh, asking everyone to pray for firefighter Philip Diadamo. And it, it didn't really make sense to me why he said that or what, what, what really was going on. And um, I remember coming home and just about as I was getting in the door, the phone rang and mommy got a phone call. And she answered it, and then I remember her screaming. Uh, you know, Daddy, it was just one day that usually that he slept late, a little bit later, because he always got up early to go to work. So he was sleeping a little bit later, and she screamed, and and uh, he came running out, and, and I remember her saying Phil died, and uh, that's that's my earliest uh, memory of that. And then I remember mommy obviously went and uh, to be with Grace, but then uh, I remember the the funeral. We were in it was a still a school day at St. Anne's uh, school and we all watched out the window, uh, as the procession went by. And I remember seeing, I, you know, I just could not believe, uh, how many firefighters were there in the blue uniforms. The first time I ever experienced that, you know, 8,000, 10,000 firefighters lined up, you know, on yeah. Cromwell Avenue. you know, you, you never see something like that. So I, I that, that does say, I guess, I guess mommy decided to send us to school. I don't, you know, just to, so she could, you know, concentrate on on being with the family, I guess, you know, but uh, we went to school for whatever reason, you know, and um, yeah, that's, that's my earliest memory of that.
1: I I remember that the funeral also, I was in school, but I was, I was across the street. I was in kindergarten. Um, At that time, St. Anne's didn't have kindergarten. Right. So I went to PS 11 uh, if, if you're not a Staten Islander out there in the Duncan Hills section of Staten Island, um, as Andy mentioned on Cromwell Avenue, there's like a little triangle. There's a public school and then right across the street is St. Anne's church. And then across the other street is St. Anne's school. Um, and there's a couple of parking lots mixed in there, but it's really one big block of, of school basically. Um, and I remember my teacher, I remember in. My classroom faced St. Anne's. I was like on the corner. Um, what is that street that goes this way? Garrison or something? Uh,
0: uh, what runs perpendicular? Be, right. Oh, no, it's, it's been so long
1: since I've been right? there. Uh, I know. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's Jefferson, on.
1: Jefferson? Maybe? It's,
0: it's Jefferson, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. So I was on the corner of Jefferson and Cromwell. And for whatever reason the teacher let me stand in the window because remember those giant windows in PS11. Yeah. So I was standing in the window sill looking down. And like you said, I just saw blue hats probably to Highland Boulevard. I couldn't, you know. Right, right. Um, but you know, I was only like four or five, so that that's as much as I remember. And and Phil, um, I don't have many memories of him, you know, because I was so little, but the lasting memory I have is I remember I was standing next to him at the barbecue. I, for some reason, I always remember him barbecuing, um, and just looking up and he was like, the sun was behind him. And all I could see was his giant mustache. He had like a triumphant. He, if you think of a firefighter's mustache, that was Phil's mustache. Uh, and he was holding a can of beer. That's the see. Uh,
0: yeah, it's, it's so important. It's so easy, like, especially when you come on the job, right, with line of duty deaths, you see names on the wall and plaques, you know, and especially from years ago, it's not too often that, you know, you you have a face to the name and a personality goes with it. And you realize, you know, like when you walk in headquarters, the hundreds and hundreds of names on the memorial wall, every one of them is a story. You know, every one of them is a devastated family. Every one of them is... A lifetime of memories. And, you know, like you said, he was always so full of life. And I, I remember being backyard and barbecues and he just enjoyed every moment, you know, he, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was a, a Vietnam veteran. Uh, he was a cop for a couple of years and then he joined the fire department and he, you know, typified, you know, th- th- that, you know, that spirit of the fire department. You know, family life, work life. You know, he was the jokester of the firehouse. The 118 truck where Phil worked was in my battalion when I was in the 3 2 battalion. And they still have uh, in the kitchen the clock on the wall is upside down. Yeah. And underneath it, they have a daily news article explaining that uh, right after he died. Uh, that night, the night he died, whenever, you know, everyone, I guess it was overnight when everyone was out of the kitchen upstairs, he turned the clock upside down. He was always doing, you know, pranks like that, I guess. Uh-huh he turned it upside down and they realized that when they got back, that he did that and uh, they haven't touched it since. So the clock is still upside down there, you know, when that's just typical of, uh, you know, of all firemen, but really when, uh, when a fireman is lost like that, you really uh, feel what they left behind. You know?
1: Yeah. Uh, I remember, I, I remember that story. I actually have that article still. Um, it was hanging at my old house. It'll be hanging in my new studios, uh, which, which, hopefully we'll be ready soon. Uh, as you can hear, they're working on it. Um, right. <clears throat> but yeah, um, uh, for me too, I remember the first time I walked into into one Oh five and saw the clock and the story hanging there, you know, one eighteen. 18, I mean, sorry. Um, it's two Oh five and five and one eighteen, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, and I saw this art, like, It just it hit me because I've been looking at those articles my whole life. You know, we've had them in our house. Um, And, you know, it is true. Like when you when you see the plaque, it's kind of like it's not as personal as, uh, you know, I guess when you actually see the name of someone, you know. But that also reminded me of uh, the Richie Sclafani story. I don't know if you heard this. uh, Who died on Black Sunday um, from 103. But apparently he had a puppy. Yeah, I remember the puppy, that. Yeah. The, the puppy was tied up to his gear locker uh when they went on the run. And and I just always thought about that puppy that he never came back. Um yeah,
0: yeah, no. It's uh you know, there's a, a lot of stories like that. You know, one thing uh the the other memory, like uh, I said, uh, of I've been at church and the and the priest announcing to pray for, for Phil didamo Damo. The other thing that sticks out in my mind, and uh, it's kind of side related, but I think it ties in how, you know, we often use humor to to deal with life and to get on. And uh, we had a great example of that growing up, as as you'll know. It had to be maybe a month, a month or two after Phil died, and a couple of months maybe, and maybe Grace was getting away or going somewhere and. Or, and, uh, the two younger, uh, youngest children, Anthony and, and Stephanie came to stay with us for the weekend. Um, they slept over and I, I guess, uh, the older boy, Michael was, uh, maybe it was a sports, uh, tournament that Grace took them to wherever it was, they were, they were away and, and Anthony and Stephanie came to stay with us. And, you know, I, I guess it, in my memory and my impression, maybe they just, it was the first time they were away from their mother since, since it happened or, they felt a little weird about sleeping over our house. And you know, they were just a little kind of out of sorts. And mommy and daddy threw us all now, you know, pre seatbelt laws, pre everything. We were all <laughs> yeah. in the back seat of the Buick, right? Yeah. So the three of us, three boys, and Anthony and Stephanie in the back seat of the Buick. And we go out for a ride and we go to the McDonald's drive through uh, I guess they wanted to cheer us up. We're just, you know, that's what they got us for dinner. So, we go through the drive-thru with the Buick, which was about 75 feet long, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, 74. So, uh,
0: we're, we go through the drive-thru, we come out, and then, you know, the, mommy has the bags of food on the bench seat between her and daddy, and they're handing out burgers, handing out this and that. We're driving down Holland Boulevard. And, you know, she crumples up one of the bags and leaves it there. And, you know, I, I see daddy looking in the mirror. He's looking at the kids and handing out burgers. And Anthony and Stephanie, they got their burger. And next to us at a light on Highland Boulevard, pulls up a convertible. And in the convertible, we're like, you know, if you had to like draw a stereotypical douchey Ken doll, you know, <laughs> you're like, in my mind, this might not be true, but they, you know, they had like uh, golf shirts on with a sweater tied around neck <laughs> yeah, right. and, you know, with their hair perfect. And they were both in a, you know, both sitting in a convertible, which I do not even know if it was convertible weather, but they were in a convertible. And they're sitting at the light next to us, and they just pull up. And I see Daddy look in the mirror and and his window's down. And then he grabs the crumpled up McDonald's bag with like garbage in it and everything. And the light changes. He puts his window down and throws the bag and hits the guy <laughs> in the side of the head. And the guy's like this, and we all stop cracking up. He drives away. That was it. He didn't say anything. <laughs> he didn't announce anything he just didn't <laughs> like, and I remember Anthony and Stephanie in particular just laughing so loud all of us laughing so loud and you know I guess that's daddy you know we just <laughs> find a way to cut through any moment with uh, with humor
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wonder, I, <laughs> those
0: guys got a surprise
1: I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right I know we, we we would have been more surprised if he didn't throw a bag of garbage at the guy next to him <laughs> <laughs> that's funny but I'll never forget that that sticks out I know I I think uh, I mean I don't know how many hundreds of line of duty funerals I've been to now but I think that's that's what always gets me is seeing the kid holding the the, the helmet outside the k like uh, I don't know that, usually I can make it until I see that or uh or hear amazing Grace. Um yeah. which I've grown to fucking hate. Uh I always loved that song, but now I can't hear it played through bagpipes. Uh you know, I guess it's it's just too much at this point. But yeah, I think I think uh I mean we we experienced it a little just from the outside, but I can't imagine um, you know, your dad not coming home from work. Uh I think he was like thirty four, so the kids couldn't have been that old, right?
0: Uh yeah, they were all our ages, I think. Uh, more or yeah. less, right? Uh, yeah. So 12 and
1: yeah. under for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that seems to happen all the time. Like, uh, very rarely uh, do you not see young kids left behind, it seems like. Um, I know right. I, Michael Davidson had like three or four kids. Uh, I know Sully had a bunch of kids. Um, I don't know. Sucks. Anyway, uh, if you don't know about the fire, it it, uh, it happened in Brooklyn in what we now call Dumbo, right? Um, it was in St. Anne's, ironically, another St. Anne's school. Um, I believe it was in the auditorium or something, uh, and the smoke and the fire spread to a different floor. And I think that's where they find, found Phil uh, right. unconscious, right? Um, so I guess the smoke got him or cardiac arrest. Uh, but yeah, so it, it, it's a good story to read up on. Um, there are definitely some lessons to be learned in there. Um, certainly, I think some procedures changed after that, uh, right? Um, so there's always yeah, something to be learned. I
0: don't, I don't re- actually recall the, the exact particulars of the fire. I know I think he, he was the, uh, the the truck chauffeur that night, and uh, he was doing a search. I don't know if uh, he got separated or if he was, you know, back, back then the procedure was, you know. It wasn't two in, two out where, you know, where it was really against the the regulations to to do a search, especially for a chauffeur, you would put up a ladder to a window and go search the room, you know, it was just SOP back then. But, uh, but I I actually don't, don't recall the actual particulars of, uh, how he came to be, uh, overcome.
1: Yeah. I I remember actually, uh, an instructor bringing it up in the academy. He must've known Phil worked in the area, uh, when we were talking about search, that's how I remember he was alone. Um, <clears throat> like, yeah, I, as far as I can remember, I think he, he just, it was smoke inhalation or whatever. And he, uh, ran out him of
0: him
1: company, yeah. yeah, I, I think uh, Lieutenant Martinez, uh, was that Phil's friend? Um, I don't remember. He, I, he, I saw an initial article that, that said he said it was a heart, uh, heart attack. But, uh, you know, that was a 30 something year old article. So.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, sure. a lot of deaths just got classified that way. I was, you know, right. smoke inflation, you know, cardiac arrest. Right. Smoke. I mean,
1: everyone dies of cardiac arrest. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of <laughs> right a broad stroke. All right. Um, I don't know if you want to, if you feel like getting into it, but there's another fatal fire anniversary coming up, which probably is a whole episode, but, uh,
0: yeah. Uh, well, I just
1: touch on your quick uh
0: Yeah, I mean, there. you know, uh, uh, just on the subject, uh, in, when I uh, was on the job, uh, the first line of duty uh, fatal fire was December 18th, 1998, 1998 was uh, the Vandalia Avenue fire in Brooklyn. And I was working that night and... In 131 and we got relocated to ladder 120, Brownsville, at like five in the morning, you know. And I, it, what stands out to me is that how quiet the radio was, you know. I don't I don't even know if it went to a second alarm or maybe it did after the fact, but the only thing on you know, just you didn't hear anything crazy on the radio or any, you know, anything uh, seemingly out of the ordinary. The only thing that stood out was uh car four David uh was on the air so uh, responding to the fire, which would have probably been a staff chief or a chaplain or somebody. Right. Else. But that's but I, here I didn't know that's that time. Right. Yeah. But we so we got to the firehouse in Brownsville and backed in. And we were lounging around and waiting for the companies to get back from the fire, not knowing anything. So they came and they they backed in and the guys looked beat up and looked you know, out of it and sad and uh, like PTSD almost, You know, we couldn't. But Glast, I still didn't know anything happened. I, I I grabbed the guy. I said, "Oh, how was the fire? Was a, it was a good job?" And he looked at me like I was crazy. Like, and I said, "What?" He goes, "You didn't hear what happened?" I'm like, "No, like nothing was on the department radio. Nothing, you know, because it happened so quickly there, and it was just it wasn't the type of thing where like you know, it just overcame the first few units. And uh, if anyone doesn't know the story basically uh the first two ladder company got up to the fire floor it was a a high-rise fireproof multiple dwelling and i think it was a top floor 12th floor they got up there there was a person in a wheelchair in the hallway they uh initial units got on the scene and helped uh who i think ended up being the occupant of the apartment they helped this individual down the stairs just in time. And the members of ladder 170 were getting to the apartment door to continue the search. And one of the windows let out and the door, because the man in the wheelchair was coming out, the door had been opened and the wind ended up driving the fire into the hallway and causing an inferno. And they were killed on impact. They were basically incinerated, uh, uh, two young firefighters and a Lieutenant, uh, you know, Jane, um, Lieutenant, uh, Cavalieri and, uh, uh, Christopher Bopp and James Bohan, uh, you know, and, uh, they, they were, one had three years on, uh, three years on the job. The other had two years on the job. They were, and, you know, in a, uh, it wasn't a project complex, but a high rise, you know, a, a multiple dwelling complex like that. There was some buildings we went to all the time in Red Hook and I was a young firefighter, you know, in a ladder company. It's, you know, it it kind of you know hit home a little bit that you know it was the first fatal fire I I was confronted with, and I'll always remember that. You know, I remember the funerals. You know, in in the next coming days, it's it's almost like a uh, it starts a whole you know like uh, ritual.
1: Yeah,
0: everyone, you know, you scramble, you set up your tours when you go into the wake, when you go into the funeral. Now there was three funerals within the within four days, I think, you know,
1: right. So
0: no, it was, uh, very, uh, striking.
1: Right. And, and a bit foreshadowing, uh, you know, we had that again in 2001, which, which seems to get lost, uh, also it was four line of duty deaths before nine 11, within a couple of months, right. We had three on father's day, um, in and an earlier in the
0: year, um, uh, there was uh, a line of duty death earlier in the year, uh, firefighter uh, Franklin up in uh, Holland. I think in January of
1: 2001. Oh, see, I, I yeah, and I uh, forgot about that myself. Father's makes Day, five.
0: Father's Day, and then Michael Garumba on Staten Island,
1: right? right? And then, uh, and then 9/11, yeah. right? You know, so people don't realize we were having a shit year to begin with. Uh, on 9/11. Um, but yeah, the the that was uh you know a little bit of of what we saw was the shuffling around schedules to make it to funerals every day and yeah and all that. All right, well, I know we have some uh, good news, right? I mean, we're talking about uh, some heavy stuff the last few episodes, but uh, we have a bit of good news down in Soho at the firehouse. Uh, a couple of years ago, we lost twenty the Dalmatian who was uh, probably the most famous dog in New York city. Uh, if you've ever been to New York city and you've seen a Dalmatian hanging out the side of a fire truck, it was probably 20 uh, who was gifted to ladder 20 uh, following nine 11. Uh, but I'll let Andy give the story because uh, something cool very happened in the wake of another sad event, but uh, you know, such is life. Uh, so
0: yeah, it's uh, 20 was given to the firehouse in 2001, uh, a group of, uh, you know, just good-hearted people up in Rochester decided to do something for New York City, and I believe they brought down two Dalmatians and uh, donated them to firehouses. And Latter Twenty ended up with one and named her Twenty, and she was there for almost 16 years, I think, 15 over 15 years. was so a neighborhood fixture, she would go up and down the sidewalk and beg for food at the uh, you know the at the outdoor cafes on the corner, and everyone mm-hmm. knew her. And she would she would never leave the sidewalk area, and she'd come back in, and she was you know, a part of the firehouse forever. And a uh, side note to that, you know, Mike Toll was the senior man in latter 20 retired with 30 years on the job. And he's a big, burly, tough fireman. And, uh, but he was like a little kid with 20, you know, always on his knees, petting her. And even after he retired, he, she'd hear him come in the door and she'd get up even with her limbs creaky and, but she'd run over to him and jump up on him, you know? Mm. So, uh, you know, 20 died. I want to say in 2016 and believe it or not, we had offers over, I counted over 30 offers from around the country and of people looking to donate a Dalmatian to the firehouse. But it was, I think it was too soon for guys and uh, they wanted to wait a little while. And then out of the blue, a few months ago, we get a, a note in the mail from the same group up in Rochester that they raised money and we're donating another Dalmatian to ladder 20. And the, uh, a breeder in, uh, Iowa, uh, was, uh, kind enough to also, uh, donate and they, they donated the actual puppy and the group from, from, uh, from Rochester, uh, bought them plane tickets to bring the dog. The dog actually flew up in the cockpit with the <laughs> with the uh, pilot for a little while. They got pictures of the dog coming, and uh, that's awesome. And they brought the dog to the firehouse, the puppy. And uh, a, a, a side note to that: uh, Mike Toll, who I mentioned before a couple of years ago, came down with uh, a nasty uh, form of cancer and fought it for a few years. And in September. Uh, ended up, uh, just this past fall, I should say, uh, ended up dying from cancer and, you know, hit the firehouse hard. Mike was, even though he'd been retired, he was still, you know, the life of, you know, one of those rocks of the firehouse always came around. And
1: And his uh, cancer um, was, was not 11 related, right? So it is a job related.
0: Absolutely. It was, it was was from his time spent at the world trade center and, uh, it was, declared, you know, it was ruled a line-of-duty death, and um, he had a couple of tumors. And he had surgery, and it, it hit him hard. And it, I, I like to say it's a, as if the universe knew. Uh, you know, Maybe it couldn't stop this from happening, but figured it could, uh, uh, I don't know, make it a, a little bit easier for the firehouse. And right around the time Mike died, we get uh, a note from Rochester that they're sending us a puppy. Right, and uh you know i think it was just a cosmic coincidence and everyone decided you know mike Toe uh, used to play football in high school and his nickname was tank so when the puppy came to the fly house everyone agreed that uh there was only one thing to call the little the little boy and uh we called him tank so
1: That's and he's awesome. well on
0: his way to being the uh, the next most famous dog in new york city so
1: all right. Is he making his way out, uh, up and down Lafayette street yet or what? On a leash, you know, okay. he's, uh, he's doing good. Yeah. He's taking in runs.
0: Uh, not, not yet. yet. <laughs> all right. He's not all up right. to that yet.
1: All right. We'll get there. All right. Well, yeah, that is good. I mean, that's that. I, I loved hearing when you told me that they, they passed out notes on the plane and, and so all the people knew where the dog was going and they were all playing with him. Like I just, yeah, that's a cool attendance. visual to have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was cool
1: you know, a lot of people, uh, involved in, in making this happen. So, so pretty cool on everyone's behalf, not just the, uh, was it sheriff's up in Rochester, but the breeders. I believe
0: The organization is involved with a sheriff's uh, office in Rochester. Yeah.
1: Right. And, and the breeders too, you know, they, they, uh, they got into it and, and gave their time and flew the dog yeah. here, which is cool. Um, so just, they're, they're still good out there. There's still people doing good yeah, stuff. Um, sure. uh, which is why I wanted to have you on specifically to tell the dog story because I think we need uh, we need some good stories, um, especially the last few episodes. Uh, episodes I had weren't weren't very happy, so thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, My pleasure. And thanks for coming on and squeezing me in. But uh, I wanted to talk about those two fires because it's, you know uh, it's that time of year, um, and specifically Phil's fire uh, affected us. Right. Growing up, um, certainly taught us the risks, right. Um, so glad we got to talk about Phil too. So yeah. thank you. And, uh, Andy will be back on with us, uh, every once in a while to share some stories, but, uh, he's working on something right now. He's got a new book coming out, uh, soon, I hope. Um, can you tell us a little bit about it before you go?
0: Yeah. And, uh, early, early 2022, uh, should be, uh, the release for a novel i've been tinkering with the last couple of years um center actually centers around the uh wall street protests of uh okay. which is the 10-year anniversary just passed so kind of a you know new york story so all right
1: cool it'll resonate with some people so this is book number four or five yeah Does no the italian translation count as its own book or
0: uh well we'll keep it as a you know, part of the same project.
1: All right. Well, thank you for continuing to make me look bad, uh, by (laughs) writing books once a year and getting degrees, but, uh, check them out. His other books are on Amazon. Um, they're pretty good. I would say, uh, you should check them out. Um, there's Petit Parisian, right. Am I pronouncing that right? That is. Yep. Um, there's Finding John, which is his 9-11 memoir, uh, which has been translated into Italian um, for our Italian friends out there. Um, what was the name of your first book? I forget. The Dead, the Dead Florentines. Dead Florentine. How could I forget? That sounds like a band. Um, yeah. I like that one Yeah, because I, I, I love Florence. I love the whole story, the uh, Medici story. If you're into that, if you've been to Florence, definitely check out the Dead Florentines Uh brings you right back there so uh reminded me of the agony and the ecstasy i kind of got the same uh i had the same visuals um so anyway all right well that's it for andy um i gotta let him go he's gotta go uh i don't know write a book you know cure a disease or something but uh (laughs) thanks dude (laughs) all right hi
2: This is Linda. Welcome to Frankie's Firehouse Feast. Today, I'll be filling in for Frankie. We're making chicken cutlets. Get two pounds of thin sliced chicken cutlets, put them in salt water, and then rinse them out and put them on a paper towel. Pat them dry with a paper towel and then lay them down on a paper towel. Get two bowls. In one bowl, get two eggs and scramble them. In the other bowl, put seasoned breadcrumbs. Get a plate. Take a cutlet, dip it in the egg, Until it's fully coated. Put it in the breadcrumbs until it's fully coated. Put it on a plate and repeat it with every chicken cutlet. Get a frying pan and heat it up a little and then put vegetable oil in the pan at a medium heat. Take two cutlets at a time and put them in the oil and cook them for two minutes. Turn them over and then let them cook for another two minutes. Get another plate with a paper towel on it and put the two cooked cutlets on the towel. And then repeat that with the rest of the cutlets. You're done!
1: Thank you, Linda. 90's chicken cutlets are definitely my favorite. My preferred sides are mashed potatoes and corn, with a side of spaghetti coming in at a close second, but you could really put whatever you want on the side. Whatever it is, it all starts with 90's chicken cutlets. So thank you. Thanks to Andy for coming on again. Those were a couple of fires uh, that I'm happy we had the chance to talk about uh, and and tell people about. Um, I'm glad we got to talk about Phil on uh, on the anniversary of his passing. And I'm glad to hear about Tank, and I'm looking forward to meeting him. I know uh, I know the public is looking forward to meeting him uh, at his coming out party, whenever that will be. But uh, until then, we'll give you uh, progress reports, and we'll let you know how he's doing. Um, and then at some point, hopefully in the near future, you'll see him making his rounds. Uh and 20 truck, and and around the streets of Soho. Uh, With that, I'm going to bring you this week's senior man tip from Andy to stick with the dog theme, and it comes from the great George Carlin. Don't sweat the petty things, and don't pet the sweaty things. Thanks for tuning in. To our Jewish friends, I'd like to wish you a happy Hanukkah. I also noticed this week that up at my alma mater, the Northwood School in, in Lake Placid they got some snow so I'd like to wish those students well as they embark on a long Adirondack winter um, it might get cold but uh, try to enjoy it uh, I always did thanks to Rocky Boots speaking of winter if you need a good pair of winter boots you have a firefighter in your family or a service member or you just like the look check them out now You can subscribe now at staylow.us or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to leave us five stars. You can become a Patreon member at patreon.com slash the firefighters podcast. Powered by Righteous Media. Powered Powered by Righteous Media.